Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And three, two, <laughs> one. And we're back. Okay. <laughs> Mistakes. If either of us sound a little bit different, one of us just turned 27. <laughs> oh my God, Anya, happy birthday. <laughs> not yet, bitch. You're so old. Not quite. Wow. I turned uh, 24 at the beginning of COVID and I'm about to turn 26. And here we are. And here we are. Um, But no. Not me, not yet. But I guarantee we'll still be in the full thick of COVID by the time I turn 27. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) More than likely. More than likely, um, we're still going to be having debates over whether seeing friends is like an ethical thing to do by the time I'm 27. I can't. Not quite yet, though. So did you do anything for your birthday? Yeah. Um, I stayed home at a quiet night. (laughs) Because you don't ethically believe um, in seeing your friends during a pandemic. No, I don't and believe we respect having, that. I don't believe in having super spreader parties. <laughs> <laughs> I should have called your party super spreader uh, and what showed that picture, that picture of us in the hotel room with your legs uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if, if, if photos with full hole were allowed on Instagram, <laughs> I would be posting that photo for your birthday. <laughs> Every year. It's my favorite photo of all time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Birthday party of the century um, that you threw. It was so much Stop. fun. Shout sure out to did. Parkside Lounge for um, letting us have it there. Yeah. A great venue. Great venue. If you live in New York City. You should go. You should go to Parkside Lounge. Go to Hot For You. Yeah. Support that venue. Support the parties at it. It's a great spot. I can't wait for the next hop for you. I know. Vicky Powell. I know. Icon. Icon, legend. I might not be in New York that weekend, but I, you know, I'm still happy for the, um, you know, the, the facts of that event sound great. Where are you going to be? I might be in DC. Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll be here. Great. Um, oh, wait. It's Flower Factory that weekend? Yeah. Oh, I do kind of want to go to that. That's, yeah, partially why I'm going. And there's a comedy show that would actually have you on it as well if you wanted. That's All right, okay. also happening that weekend. We'll go to DC. We uh, can catch Vicky Powell. No, I know. I mean, I've seen yeah. Vicky Powell like three times now. Twice? Yeah. At least twice. Yeah. And I mean, it's never enough, but like, I, it's not like it would be my first time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, twice. Pride and the bathroom. You weren't at the $3 bill that she DJ'd? No. no, I don't think you were. I wasn't. I think I was in Rhode Island when that happened. Yeah, anyway. Um, great. Great. <laughs> that's all you want to say about your fucking birthday? My God. No, oh my this God. blood, uh, sweat, and tears I put into that, and that's all you're going to say? Yeah, that's all. We do have segments to do. Stupid bitch. I'm obviously going to talk about it then. <laughs> 
Oh my God. So something happened. Nika and I are no longer friends, but we, because we care about the kids, we're, we're, still, um, we're, doing this we're still doing the podcast, staying together for the kids. Um, something that neither, that our parents couldn't do for us, we'll do for y'all. Yeah, it was an amazing party that I'm going to talk about more during my keepsake. <laughs> so, if you have anything that you would like to talk about, um, I don't know. I I guess everything that I want to talk about is also going to be in the segments. Go listen to the Patreon app for I guess like little bits of gossip and specific details about crushes and foes. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I guess we can just dive right if you in. Are our crushes don't listen. What <laughs> I said, if you are our crushes, don't listen. Um, just kidding. Yeah, I mean, listen to your own comfort level. I, my crush has already made it clear that their boundary is that they will not listen to the Patreon episodes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and they barely even listen to the podcast anymore because they're like, I don't want you to feel like you can't say anything on the podcast just because I listen to it. Well, they can still listen to it like on mute so that we get those streams. No, I was like, yeah, just listen to the first like two minutes so that we get that ad play yeah (laughs) (laughs) but also i feel like i don't even talk about them on the main episodes very often yeah i don't no you don't so whatever listen to the fucking podcast freak weirdo (laughs) freak with healthy boundaries Ugh. (laughs) thank you for being supportive and wanting me to have an unfiltered art form idiot Um, anyway, shall we segment then? Let's do it. Great. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. So my keepsake is probably that I just got like some really good sleep today. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I'm going to lose my mind. No, my keepsake was obviously the party that you threw and there's like so much there. Um, let's like, where to even begin? I mean, everything that I could have wanted and more happened. So many of our talented friends DJed. Shout out to Juicy, Delilah, Foster, Siler, Mart. Babes. Babes. I keep forgetting at least one person. <laughs> um, babes. Um, all so amazing and just crazy that they like DJed at my party because um, they're all so talented. Um, yeah, just it was just an amazing. I mean, it's just like it was a crazy night just because so many people that were there I've only known for like the last... I don't know how many months has it been like four since yeah, I've met like a that. lot of these people. Yeah, like four months. And so many of those people I've like developed such close friendships with in the last four months. And so to have them all there was really nice on top of having friends that I that are kind of the people that got me to move to New York, i.e. a lot of the fairies that were there. Um So having them, having all of my various friends mixed together, watching them become friends with each other, um, it was really nice. I kept having to, like, remind myself that it was my party um, and that, like, people were there because it was my birthday, which was a really cool and weird feeling. Um, Got to do Molly for the first time in, like, six months, which was really fun. Um, I think, like, the main keepsake was that at one point, I think I was, like, already on molly when this happened but our um one of our very dear friends was like holding me and was like kind of like had like my face in their hands and was like look around because like everyone that's here is here for you like all of these people love you so much um which made me cry um 
Emotional terrorism to say that to somebody who's on Molly. <laughs> to be fair, they were also on Molly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, like, what, next week is February 1st, so which will be two years since I moved back to New York. Um, so it was just like a very beautiful kind of way to celebrate both my birthday and two years in New York. So thank you. Mm-hmm. You're um, welcome. My pleasure. It was gorgeous. The afters were gorgeous. Everything about it was gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls have perfect birthdays. Bestie Siler played out tonight, which was um, one of the most amazing dance moments of my life. Bestie Delilah played Dog Days Are Over, which was also amazing, um, both for different reasons. Um, what is my mistake? Um, also, Babes opened the party with um, This Will Be. Oh, yes. An everlasting. What is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the bathroom for part of that, so I didn't get to dance to it as hard, but I could hear it and it was making me well, smile. Well, it was like while you literally first came oh, in. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. He hit play. Sorry. Like when yeah. everyone yelled surprise yes. is when he hit That was also obviously another it. keepsake was that I was surprised. Yeah. Um, Literally knew you had a surprise party coming, yeah. knew it was going to be that day, we and I still fucking surprised you. Yeah, had no idea that it was going to be at Parkside, which is so funny because as we were walking along the crosswalk to go into Parkside so you could, in quotes, get something. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, Parkside's letting me borrow something for your party later. I was like, wouldn't it be so funny if they had my party at Parkside? And then I was like, they would never do that. No one's coming out to Manhattan for my party. Um so it re- and also the doorman literally like outed me because he was checking everyone's vaccine information as they walked yeah. in. And so I like offered it and he's like, no, 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 you're good. I remember you from earlier. And I was like, no, you don't. I wasn't here earlier. I like heard that, but I was drunk. So I like didn't really it, like meant nothing to me. Um, then I was like, fuck, now Nika knows for sure that everyone is in the back about to yell surprise at her. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. I was just like perplexed as to why we were going into the back, but I was like, well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, so fully, fully surprised. Uh, Everyone was like, were you really surprised? One of my greatest accomplishments truly in my life is still surprising someone <laughs> who knew that they had a surprise party that night that was coming. Uh, yeah, it really worked <laughs> out. I feel like I, it was really my Oscar-worthy performance of pretending that I had only just thought of that we should go into Parkside now. Because we walked fully all the way by it. And I was like, wait a second. That's Parkside right there, right? Yeah. And Nico was like, yeah, it is. And I was like, oh, well, they're letting us borrow their fog machine yeah. for your party that is happening later. It's funny. Jesse said that he thought that my like silence on the way to Parkside was that I knew that the party was there. And I was like, oh, no, I was straight up annoyed that we were going to dinner and I was trying to hide that I was annoyed because I didn't want to be a bitch but I just like didn't want to go to dinner I was like can we just go to the party also okay first of all that's very funny but it's also like if it's a surprise party why would we go early to it what do you mean like if you're like why are we going to dinner can't we just go to the party like ostensibly there wouldn't even be a party yet no, for I you know. to go to. I know, but I just like, you know, I knew it was coming. Uh-huh. And I just didn't feel like, you know, I was like, can I just be like now is how I felt. Yeah, and, I, and obviously I would never actually make you sit through dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that like you actually thought we were going to dinner. I was like, damn, all these lies just trying to like keep up the facade to get her to still be kind of surprised <laughs> about this surprise she knows about are like not going to work. She's going to read through all of them. She's going to be like, why are we going to dinner? Or like, why are we popping into this venue that could easily have the party at it? No. And you just kept falling (laughs) for all of it. It was perfect. Yep. (laughs) Um, My mistake. I don't really... 
I don't even really know what my mistake would be from this past week. Um, I really don't know. I feel like I didn't really do anything that counts as a mistake all week. Um, <laughs> well, aren't you perfect? No, I just like was busy, I guess. And well, I don't know. Um, what was my mistake? Um, I don't know. I guess my mistake was like just giving a situation like uh, too much like emotional attention at like the beginning of the week that like is now over, thankfully. But I just like allowed it to occupy too much of my brain space and it just like had me in a bad mood for a good chunk of the week. Um that's all and I'll leave it there um and my hot take um oh I've done this hot take before so I can't do it again um whatever I'll do it again I don't care um my like resounding it bears repeating it bears repeating that being earnest is good and <laughs> actually you should always be earnest IMO um, and you should always earnestly love the people in your life because life is so short and it's dumb to pretend like it's just like so chill that you're like friends with someone like, no, I think that you should let your friends know that you're obsessed with them and you should let your friends know that you're obsessed with your own life and you should let yourself know that you're obsessed with your life. You know, shit is bleak. Life can be bleak. So I think that it's cool to be earnest. And I say that because, you know, people often like to act like it's kind of like geeky or nerdy or embarrassing to be earnest but I hope to always be a big-eyed gooey-eyed earnest bitch who posts self-love memes on my Instagram story and (laughs) tweets three times a week about loving my friends so much and yeah that's my hot take yeah love that that's why we're we're in a mixed faith friendship yeah (laughs) uh nika believes in being earnest and i believe in only doing that um when you're on molly no just kidding (laughs) i'm i'm earnest maybe just i'm just i'm not earnest to the same extent that you are but i feel like it's because i just don't have enough water in my chart (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah i mean like the fact that you're an aquarius that is this emotionally available <laughs> is like only explainable by your scorpio moon scorpio rising yeah for sure and what what's your taurus again? or not your taurus i mean venus again um, my venus is sag but my seventh house which is how you like go about your relationships yeah. is in taurus oh okay yeah oh my god that's why we're so compatible because my venus is in taurus okay yeah <laughs> and then my mars is leo it just it all adds up it, it all adds up Unless, of course, you don't believe in astrology and you just rolled your eyes into the back of your head, um, in which case, in case why are you it listening still to this podcast? adds up <laughs> and you're just a dumb cunt. Um, <laughs> Literally. I'll begin with my hot take. My hot take is that, well, I'll begin with my mistake that actually leads into my hot take. Okay. My mistake is that I went into an appointment to replace my IUD this past week um, with kind of like a resigned like attitude about it where I'm like, well, I've like every single appointment I've, I've had like three different appointments now to replace this IUD because it's it um, 
when I first got it put in five or six years ago now, it was a five year IUD. Mm-hmm. And since then, they've like stretched the expiration an extra year. So when I first went in basically this time last year, they're like, yeah, we can replace it now. But just so you know, you have another year on this technically. So I was like, OK, well, that's a relief because getting an IUD was the most severely physical, painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I would love to push that off and kick that can down the road. Thank yeah. you so much. So then I went back in six months later and was like, oh, I just really want to get this over with. I really just want to replace this IUD. Um, So would love to set up an appointment for that. But I'm kind of like I was in that particular appointment was for um, I think just getting an STI check. Mm -hmm. And I was like, while I'm here, I'd like to talk to you, my doctor, about in the next six months at some point, I'm going to get a new IUD. Can I please talk about my options for um, pain management? And they were like, yeah, for sure. So make sure you just take a lot of ibuprofen that day and go fuck yourself. Jesus. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And so then I like talked to my primary care physician about prescribing me a stronger pain medication for it. And they were like, unfortunately, we can't do that because the IUD is like a routine procedure that um, like whatever. We just can't do that because we can't X, Y, Z reasons about how like pain medication people are always trying to get their hands on and like whatever. And I was like, okay. So then I talked to a different doctor that I actually paid money to see. They were not in my like insurance network. And I was like, can you prescribe me something more severe for an IUD replacement? And they were like, only if you get it done at this office and we can like put you under for it, but it'll cost like thousands of dollars because we're not in your insurance network. Yeah. Um, so I was like, no, can't do that either. So I went into Planned Parenthood this past week, kind of just like, fuck it. I'm just going to grit and bear it. And I took um, prescription strength ibuprofen because that that doctor actually did give me. They're like, we can give you like ibuprofen that is twice as strong as what you can get over the counter. Mm-hmm. But that's like the best we can give you. So I had that from that like appointment like three months ago or whatever. Like the amount of energy and time over the last year this has taken up of like I've just been so anxious about like how much I know this is going to hurt and I've gone above and beyond to try to figure out a way to deal with that and I was fucked like I was just continually told to go fuck myself um, in various ways other than getting prescribed extra strong ibuprofen (laughs) which is such a slap in the face in and of itself but I took um, like three of those, which was like an extra one over the dosage that they like recommended to me. But I was like, fuck it. If all you're going to give me is ibuprofen, I'm going to take an extra one. Yeah. And then I also took a Vicodin that was left over from my wisdom tooth removal six years ago. Oh my God. So like an expired Vicodin, which I looked up online. It, the only thing that changes is that it's slightly less strong, yeah. but it's not like unsafe to take. Um, and I, I knew I didn't like want to have full strength Vicodin anyway, because I didn't want to be like nodding off in this doctor's office. Um, because I didn't want them to know that I took anything because they specifically told me that like, I shouldn't take anything. Otherwise they would prescribe it to me. You Uh know what I mean? 
So I go into this appointment and everything has kicked in. I can feel that the Vicodin is working. Um, But as I put my feet up in the stirrups and she simply like lightly pulls on the strings that hang down from the IUD and I feel the tiny bit of pressure that that puts on the back of my cervix, Mm -hmm. I start hysterically crying because it already hurts so bad and I know that it hasn't even been pulled through my cervix yet. And (laughs) what is ahead of me is that this is about to be pulled out and then another thing is going to be jabbed in and neither of those things have even happened yet and I'm at like a seven on the pain scale. And I was like, no, you have to stop. You have to stop. Like, I just start like weeping and anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a crier. I've seen Anya cry twice. What? I've seen Anya. I've seen you cry twice. Once. I've yeah, seen you've once. seen me yeah, cry at Honcho, right? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just Which while it happened, I remember thinking, Oh, I feel so sad that she's crying, but thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's I am a Capricorn rising through and through. And I, I just like, finally I just cannot cry. Um <laughs> it's so hard. But this is like, you know, I'm not even crying out of being emotional. I'm like having a panic attack type of cry, you know? Yeah. I mean, which is its own kind of emotional, but you know, it's not like a sadness cry or even really a pain cry. Like I don't cry when I'm in pain. Like I've broken my leg y'all. And I didn't even really, I think I may have like shed like a tear while Mm -hmm. that was happening. I don't think I even cried when I broke my leg until they told me that I would never um, walk the same again, which is true. And that has sucked, but ends up, ended up not impacting my life as much as I thought it would. Um, but obviously when you're 19 and someone tells you that you'll never walk the same, that made me cry. But the pain of breaking my leg did not make me cry, you know, like, um, so anyway, point being, I'm like hysterically panic crying on this table, thinking about like, how the fuck am I going to get through this procedure? And my doctor who I've gone to the same doctor at the Bleecker Street Planned Parenthood in New York for the last five years. She knows me very well. We've gone through a lot together with my like endometriosis and whatever. Um, And just my routine like pap smears and what have you. She's like, you know what? We're just we're not going to do this today. Like we can't. You're too tense at this point and it's going to hurt even more. And also now we have the risk of it like puncturing your uterus because you're like like seizing up. Yeah. Um and like I get like it's hard to say that any of this was my mistake because I feel like I did try really fucking hard to set myself up for success with this procedure. But my mistake was that I like gave up and I went in to just do it like without mm-hmm the things that I was trying to advocate for myself um, and like tried to DIY it with a Vicodin. And then I ended up just puking the rest of the afternoon mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, thanks to my dad's allergy to opioids, I also get really nauseous from them and I've never thrown up from them, but this time I did, I think probably a combination of just how emotional I was. But anyway, It took her seeing me have a panic attack on her table for her to schedule me with a a surgeon to like actually give me local anesthetic is what we've landed on that I'm going to get this Thursday. So when this episode comes out, I will have probably already gone through this procedure by the time most of the people are listening to this. Um, 
And that sucks because I asked for that specifically, like multiple times. I was like, are there any options on numbing yeah. my fucking cervix? And I kept being told no. And then watching me cry on the table, she was like, you know what? Let's maybe numb your cervix before we do this. Annoying. Um, And I know it's because it's Planned Parenthood and they can't like turn people away for care. And they like provide people who are on Medicaid with OBGYN services. Mm -hmm. And I am among those people. And um, Medicaid is not going to probably cover the actual price of that procedure Mm -hmm. of like a local anesthetic or um, or if they like put me under, which is even more expensive and they wouldn't charge me for the rest of it because like that's like kind of their whole thing is that they like don't charge you for what your insurance doesn't cover. Yeah. Um. So I know that that's why they kept telling me no, because yeah. they know that it's going to be expensive out of, on them. But like I'm their fucking patient. So they should still give me the care that I've been begging for them to give me. Like I'm not making up that this is fucking painful. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. When I got my IUD um, when I was 19 or 18 or whenever that was, I um, couldn't walk from the pain and I had contractions for 12 hours afterwards, birth contractions. So like the actual procedure was like a 10 out of 10 on its own on the pain scale. But birth contractions, not sure if anyone knows this, like scream worthy level pain. Like I was like wailing in my apartment. And I remember my roommates being like, "Um, you okay?" (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm not. And that was the other thing. Like that's like part of it was I knew when I felt the level of pain that I felt when she just like was just pulling on the strings, like just barely starting to pull it out. Um, I was like, if this already hurts this badly and it's still not even out of me and the new one is still not even in me and the contractions that might happen again still haven't even started, like, no, like I just like cannot fathom going through what is ahead of me right now. And I have a very high pain tolerance, like extremely down to handle so many different levels of pain. Um, but absolutely no thank you to that. So anyway, that was horrific. And my hot take is that, um, I mean, Elisa just kind of like added to my hot take by saying that it was the most excruciating experience (laughs) for you as well. Because I posted about this on my Instagram story. And I would say it's my the most interacted with Instagram story I've ever had in my entire time of posting to Instagram. Um, I would say at least a hundred people responded saying that they also had like a horrible experience with their IUD and with, um, the pain of the procedure and, or pain after the fact, like a lot of people just also had like six months of like cramping and bleeding, which I thankfully did not really, I did have some cramping and bleeding, when I first got my IUD, but it was really not that bad. Like I would say it was comparable to menstrual cramps. So I was like, you know, this sucks, but I've, they warn you about that. And they also tell you that like, it's probably not going to last for longer than six months. So I just sort of like waited it out and that ended up being true for me. And by that six months being up, I then had six years of like basically having no menstrual 
experiences whatsoever. Like I no longer had hormonal acne. I no longer really had a period. At most, I would have like a day of spotting. I no longer had menstrual cramps. Um, I had endometriosis related pain, which is kind of similar, but like actually had nothing really to do with my IUD, or at least that's what multiple doctors have told me. Um, But anyway... A lot of people have like excruciating pain after the fact for like months. A lot of people, it's the procedure itself is like the most excruciating pain they've ever felt in their life. Um, And like the anecdotal evidence of just the people that reached out to me because of me sharing my story was overwhelming enough. But then I like just went down a rabbit hole on Google of just like articles about it and like you know, personal testimonies and essays about like just what a problem it is that this is not taken more seriously as like a major invasive procedure. Yeah. And the fact that like I've been pretty much laughed off by multiple doctors about like, oh, well, you don't really need that kind of pain medication. Take an ibuprofen. Like that is the go to response from medical professionals when like There's no way that if I'm getting this information from other people, doctors are not also getting this feedback. Mm -hmm. So how are they all hearing from like thousands of people with uteruses (laughs) that this is like an excruciating, horrible experience that like we keep allowing ourselves to go through because like Honestly, the benefits of it are pretty great. Like, it is my favorite form of birth control I've ever used, um, which is fucking crazy. That that just goes to show how horrible the pill actually is, is that I'm willing to go through this kind of pain to never go on the pill again. Um, and I definitely don't want the arm implant. A few different people have told me that that's, like, a good one. But I'm like, no, you can, they, you can feel it through your skin. That would drive me fucking crazy. I cannot do that. Um, and I don't – I'm not – I just am not um, organized enough of a person to get the like every four month shot that a few of my friends swear by. Um, I just think that I would probably miss one and get pregnant. Like I just know myself too well. Um, So yeah, my hot take is that like IUDs and the insertion of them um, deserve like way more medical validation for like what an extraordinarily painful and invasive procedure it is. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the reason they're treated so lightly is because the medical field doesn't like treat women's pain as like valid or real. And it's even worse for women of color. So I can't even fucking imagine what like the OBGYN care is for like black women. I mean, I can imagine based on the statistics that they're the most likely to die in childbirth. Mm But like, yeah, I'm just like, I feel like the only reason I even got Vicodin for my wisdom teeth removal is because cis men also get their wisdom teeth removed. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like the only explanation I can get, I can think of for why I got like proper pain medication for that procedure. Yeah. Because it's like very comparable in terms of... um it being a procedure you can technically be awake for and you can technically get done without pain medication. But it the standard 
is that you don't get it done without me- pain medication. The standard is that you get like fucked up out of your mind on like laughing gas. So why is that not the case for this other thing that everyone is like unanimously agrees is horrible? Yeah. I mean, it's not comparable, but it makes me think a little bit about the process of dilating and how so every trans girl I've ever met who has gotten a pussy just talks about how horrifically uncomfortable and painful it is. Yeah. And instead of just like, I don't know, giving us some fucking like numbing, give us like l- numbing lube, give us like something that <laughs> yeah. literally that we don't have to feel it because then you find trans girls like myself and I know so many of us who just stop dilating Yeah, because it's just excruciating. Like yeah. when they put the dilator inside of me at my doctor's appointment like two months ago, I literally was like, screaming like scream cried because it hurt so bad yeah was apologizing and the doctor was like you're good but also I was like okay can you get it out though like (laughs) ow like ow like just the way that people who aren't cis white men are treated by doctors yeah and the lack of care that they receive is unconscionable yeah plain and simple plain and simple it's also weird because it seems like they hand out opioids like fucking hard candies for so many different things yeah so it's like i'm listen i don't even want opioids like opioids make me sick to my stomach and that's why it's so frustrating that they keep treating me like i'm like just trying to like get drugs because like listen no shame to people who struggle with dependency on opioids and like it is actually unconscionable how the medical profession or the medical industrial complex treats people with that problem because it's like they get them hooked on it and then they treat them like trash for wanting more of it but that is not my situation like I'm actually all good don't want any Vicodin please would love uh, because if what I wanted was Vicodin guess what I have that because I haven't used all of the ones that I had left over from my wisdom teeth situation. Um, So I'm like, I almost wanted to say that to the doctor. I was like, listen, I have like a half a bottle of Vicodin at home. That's like not what I'm asking for at all. Yeah. I want like what you give to people who are giving birth, like fucking tap my spine with something. (laughs) (laughs) Like I want something that is just for the procedure. What? Tramadol. Yeah, I want something that is just for the actual procedure. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't need... You do not need to send me home with an orange bottle of anything. I swear to fucking God. (laughs) Like, I'm not asking for something that I think is that ridiculous. And literally every person I've ever met who has had also an IUD slash IUD replacement has agreed. Like, there's not one person I've met that's like, actually, it was like super chill. And I understand why they don't give you anything. Yeah. I've yet to hear that feedback from one person. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? But, um, and then, yeah, when they scheduled me with the fucking surgeon to give me local anesthetic for this Thursday, even on the phone, the person scheduling it was like, well, like, I'm confused. Like, what went wrong? Like, why did you not just get it done on, like, at your last appointment? Like, it's a really simple procedure. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. And I was like, excuse me, cunt. I was such a bitch to that person on the phone. I was like, oh, well, yeah, I guess I couldn't really tell you why we didn't go through with the procedure while I was scream crying on the table. I'm not really the one who was performing the procedure, but you can ask my doctor why she didn't feel comfortable going through with it. Anyway, want to give me my fucking appointment? Like, why are we having this small talk about why I was decided by my doctor that I need this appointment made? Yeah. Fucking psycho. Um, so my keepsake, 
I want to get those out of the way because mm-hmm. I, it was my angry rant of the episode. Um, my keepsake is obviously your birthday party. Um, I've like been planning this party since you first like jokingly mentioned you wanted a surprise party in like October or whenever yeah, that we was. Were, like, driving somewhere. Yeah. We? Oh, we were driving to Atlanta. I think. Were we? We were driving to or back. No, we were driving to because we were. Did anyone drive with us on the way to Atlanta? Yeah. Okay. We were alone at one point. We were driving somewhere. I think we were driving to Atlanta, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I jokingly was like, would love a surprise party. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it could have just been, yeah, one of the people in the car was asleep for most of the drive yeah. there, and the other person was very quiet. So maybe we weren't alone, but we were yeah. just talking a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it was sometime in the fall, you were like, I want a surprise party. And then I like started setting into motion planning this thing and you know a lot of event planning you can't really do until like the month of so this past month has just been like a lot of um just like figuring out the small details and making sure that like nothing gets overlooked and that like you know all the way down to like making sure there was an afters location mm-hmm. predetermined because i'm like I'm like my best friend if i know anything about her <laughs> it's that to her the party is, is the, the afters. afters so i'm not going to throw her a party and then be like so what is everyone doing after this yeah. <laughs> um and yeah it would just meant a lot to me how um the outpouring of help and support that people gave um to like make sure that everything got done like it was a real it takes a village to throw a party kind of situation but it also meant a lot to me that like I've only really been in this like particular general group of friends for a little over a year and this was my first time really being the coordinator of anything Mm -hmm. that the group of friends did as a crew and it was just like really amazing to watch something that like I put all this effort into not only be such a success because you were so happy with it and like you were getting like a party that you would have never really thrown for yourself but also to like look around and be like damn like this is like my actual community yeah and like we like came together to celebrate this person that we all love and these people are like truly my like my fucking friends and came through be like yes to like help me because they love me but like also because they just like love you so much and I don't know it's just very like there's just like a lot of both feeling um empowered and like loved myself but also just like such an outpouring of love for you and like how happy that made me to like watch it happen and also have had the privilege and honor of like coordinating the like event in which it was happening yeah um and yeah I was just like happy that you liked it so much and that it was a success um yeah that's my keepsake I've never really like you know I like helped like put together your like pussy party and yeah. I've like helped plan different like I've helped people plan their birthdays I've helped people throw their birthdays I've never really like thrown a party like that um I've thrown comedy shows which are like high 
you know, there's like a lot of little details that go into throwing a show. Yeah. And I feel like that definitely helped. Like that experience definitely helped me know how to like how to coordinate something with a venue and how to like coordinate stuff with talent. Like, you know, by like booking those DJs and like knowing a little bit like I'm not a DJ myself and I've never thrown a like a party like this. Like the I like helped throw and helped host Diet Zhuzh, but like the DJs for that are the ones who threw that party. So it's yeah. not like I booked DJs for that, you know? Um, so like knowing how to like put together a show was very helpful and knowing to like remember random little details about like things that you are going to be like, fuck, we, I wish I had this. Like here's something. If you're event, if you're ever throwing an event, bring tape and Sharpies and paper and scissors you're never like you don't you can't count on like yes venues have all those things but you can't count on them like the bartender or whoever having like time to go grab you that thing from the office in the back but you are going to need to write a sign I'm sorry you're gonna need to tape something up like every single thing I've ever fucking thrown in my life I've been like fuck why don't I have tape with me just little shit like that that I like I just had everything fucking down like there was not a single detail missed for your party I'm very proud of that that is my keepsake gorgeous and that was um you know I've never had to wonder if somebody knows that I love them like that you know Mm -hmm. or I've never been in a situation where I don't have to wonder yeah Cause I'm like, yeah, this bitch is feeling it right now. <laughs> I was, I and am. you therefore can't get mad at me for anything for at least six months. I won't. I okay, promise. great. <laughs> that was me buying your friendship. Amazing, it worked. <laughs> Purchased. No <laughs> returns. Sorry. No returns. Um, what was the fuck up of the week? West Elm Caleb actually could be a good one yeah let's do that Weston Caleb was the fuck up of the week yeah the fuck up of the week is that um they made that database in DC as a result oh was that as a result of it I thought it was like it was posted about as a result of it I you might be right I saw someone told me that it was like that it was made after I I saw a tweet being like while we're talking about West Elm Caleb let's talk about this database that um the majority of it is like people just talking about not liking going on a date with somebody and okay, posting okay. them on this database of like that's supposed to be for safety purposes. Okay. Well, yeah, definitely was. The I mean, mistake of the week. Yeah, West Elm Caleb. For those who are not chronically online or in New York City, because I think it's also kind of like I know people know about it outside of New York City, but it was hyper algorithmed towards people in New York City. Yeah. Um, is essentially that this person on TikTok was talking about this guy that like was weird and ghosted them after a few dates and like just had some toxic weird behaviors. I forget exactly what that original TikTok was about, but all the comments were like, is this about West Elm Caleb? And the person was like, no, but who the fuck is West Elm Caleb? And then because they posted like a a TikTok about being like, so now there's this guy named Caleb that like, it seems like a thousand of you seem to have had the same experience with that. I just, and I think I just found him on Bumble. And Mm. then she like 
I think she posted his Bumble or then somebody else posted his Bumble yeah, or, that, or Hinge. And there was that like six foot brunette girl who came out with her TikTok about him. Well, so it was after this person who did, by the way, never went on a date with West Elm Caleb, basically outed him because she got a bunch of comments asking if her experience was with West Elm Caleb. Mm-hmm. And she was like, so you you all seem to have had this weird experience. And after I got these comments, I like found this profile of somebody named Caleb who works at West Elm. Is this the guy you're talking about? Then all these people started posting their TikToks about like their experiences with this guy named Caleb. And the experiences were so stupid at uh, West Elm. Absolutely unhinged. I mean, some of them, it's like, yeah, he was fucking weird, but none of them warranted doxing him. No, the majority of the complaints were like, oh, he sent me the same playlist that he sent other girls and we went on two dates and then he was on a date with someone else when after our second date. And it's like, you mean Yeah, but I will say the majority of people who had something to say about him also received a ton of unsolicited nudes from him. Mm. That was a huge part of the story. And I don't want to downplay that. We're not downplaying. I didn't know that. That was a downplay or that was a thing that I think is being downplayed by people who think that this is all completely unwarranted because a lot of people are like, wow, you guys are really reacting strongly to just getting ghosted after two dates. And it's like, no, the, the majority of them, the story goes as, they went on a date with him. He love bombed the shit out of them being mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I can really see a future with you. And like, you're so amazing and you're so special. And I made you this playlist that made me think of you. Okay. And then they went on like a second date or like, you know, had plans for a second date. And that same behavior kept up. A few of them noticed before a second date or maybe even before a first date that the playlist he had sent them, he had like multiples of that playlist with different names on his Spotify. And they're like, wait a second, are you th- are you sending the same playlist to different That's girls? so funny. Um, but outside of the playlist and outside of the love bombing and outside of the ghosting, which is also something that everyone had in common, a, a, a bunch of them I don't know if everyone but a bunch of them had the experience of him hitting them up like weeks later yeah. with unsolicited nudes Ew. and then being like haha sorry I like wasn't around for a while would love to see you again and so I think like for a lot of them what warranted commiserating about and like validating for each other was that this was like weird yeah. toxic behavior yeah for sure Absolutely. I still don't think any of it warrants doxing no. and like getting him fired or whatever. Oh my God, he got fired? I don't, th- I don't think he has gotten fired, but I know that that was like part of some of these people's like attempts. That's, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, um, and like either way, I, even if he doesn't get fired, like this person can't like show his face anywhere in New York City. Yeah, also, it's like if listen, girls, if you want, if you have a West Elm, Ca- West Elm Caleb, which we've, you, all, which we've had. all had, you do what I did. I never tried to get Andre fired. <laughs> I psychologically tortured Andre <laughs> for about four months until he finally quit his job. <laughs> oh my god! And then he just got like he got a job immediately. So I didn't like fuck with his income. Mm. I think I did him a favor. I ended his career as a barista <laughs> and he went and got another job. But that's what you do. Yeah. You don't try to get them fired. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of here for the whole thing. Like I'm I'm I agree with people that it's like let's maybe not dox this person and like it's maybe not like healthy behavior to like gang up on somebody online. Totally. I understand all of that, but I also am kind of living for a John Tucker must die moment with a guy who like was objectively shitty no, to absolutely. all like the fact that he was shitty enough to like all of these people that they all have a story to tell is kind of his own fucking fault. No, like, for I'm sorry. Sure. No, I mean, I think that the people reacting so negatively on Twitter need to calm down. I mean, I do. The, yeah, I do love that. As some trans girl tweeted that the non-passing cis girls were um, out in droves. <laughs> Based off of that one girl being six feet tall. <laughs> that really made me laugh. That was one critique that I really loved. Um, it is also just very funny because if you look through the videos of all these different girls that have West Elm Caleb testimonies, yeah. they're all like a very specific type of New York City girl. Like they yeah. all have like not, like unlayered, like down to their yeah. tits, like blonde hair. Like they're all just like, just... A very like specific archetype of a girl I would probably never hang out with. Yeah, I've never been happier to not be a cis straight girl. Yeah, I'm like, I will never join this club. I'm uh-huh. not West Elm Caleb's type. And like, <laughs> thank God for that. But also a little bit like there's there's just a little part of me. And maybe it's because there's not enough of this type of girl in my life that I'm like, why is it that I always hear these fucking stories from these types of girls? Like, what is it about the lifestyle? Their mothers weren't close with them. (laughs) It's true. Their mothers didn't give them advice on how to handle men. That's why. They usually come from these, like, loveless household, like, you know, families where their parents They are the type of girl that if you go into their their bedroom or their living room it's like cut it's like an all white aesthetic yes. with those like plush they all white, had golden retrievers like, growing up in carpet big backyards they all have those really strong scented candles yes. in their homes like the year-long burning ones yeah and their parents are still married but they don't love each other yeah yeah their and moms they, never talk to them they're about like, they're not like so basic that they have like they're not autumn girls no they're like a they're because they live like in like they do the hard drugs. village and they do cocaine. Yes. They're not like quite an autumn girl. Maybe there's you'll something see them a little pause. edgier about them, but yeah. they're still like this certain type of basic, for lack of a better word. And I don't mean that in a in mean a bad way. way. Like I I'm pretty basic. I love bonding with these girls in a bathroom. Yes. Yes. yes I yes. love complimenting the shit out of each other at like a bar and then never seeing each other again. Like yeah. that's who those girls are in my yeah. life. Um, and I, I guess it's because I just don't have enough of them in my life that I just like still cannot. I just every time I hear a story about somebody falling for one of like because West Elm Caleb, it, there's nothing special about him. I haven't even seen what he looks like. I'm going to Google it. Look him up. He's so I mean, he's hot. Like I would definitely want to fuck him. But like the way that they all like literally got their like feelings hurt Ew. by this guy. Uh, yeah. Ew. And listen, I wouldn't want to fuck him like I would pursue him. I'm just saying that if we matched on a dating app, I would fuck this guy. Ew. What? That's what he, no, I'm not saying you to you, but that's what he looks like. Yeah. That, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Ew. He does not have the, he does not have the power to ruin my life. No. Or like, even make, like, if he started love bombing me, I'd be like, okay, that's like clingy and weird. Yeah. To be like, honest. ew. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I was picturing someone, maybe he looked like Andre. Like my West Elm Caleb was gorgeous. This West Elm, Ca- West Elm Caleb. But this is what it is: is that what these 
women care about is that these that the men that they're interested in are tall and have good jobs. And I'm, I hate to be reductive. Blob. I don't mean to like stereotype all of these people, but like in my experience, in the like conversations I've had about like dating with girls similar to the ones that were posting TikToks about Wes Elm Caleb. They're people who really care about height and yeah. really care about income. Yeah, he's like 6'5". Yeah, he's like 6'5". And ha- he's like a designer at West Elm. This like, poor kid. He makes he's only good 25, fucking money, I'm sure. I, well, that's the thing. This is poor like, boy. It's not... This is why I'm not a feminist. <laughs> I stand with West Elm Caleb. I just kind of don't nudes. stand with either of them no, is joking, my I point. I don't stand with him. Because I nudes. definitely don't fuck with that element of the story at all. No. I think it's really fucking gross. But... But I think this is why we need to protect our boys. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of think that everyone... The Me Too movement has What I'm getting at far. is that everyone in this story is the villain. Yeah, absolutely. They're what, all the drama. They're all, all the villain. They're all the drama. Well, everyone needs to walk away from this whole experience learning. Is that straight people are crazy? Is that <laughs> there's no reason to be heterosexual anymore. Yeah, no. I don't ever want to hear straight people talk <laughs> shit about queer people not having boundaries again. We may kiss our friends on the mouth, sometimes fall in love with them. We fuck our friends sometimes. This shit doesn't happen. <laughs> this shit <laughs> There could does never be a happen. queer West Elm Caleb because we would find out in two seconds flat because <laughs> there's so much crossover in the queer community. We also just have completely different standards yeah, at play. Yeah, for sure. And like... No, we would be happy to know that West Elm Caleb... You know, that like he was fucking you and you and you. <laughs> yeah, but also we wouldn't like... Somebody this basic with so little to like offer on the surface at least i don't know caleb personally yeah caleb uh, come on the pod come on the, wait, wait oh a my minute God, we need to get myself caleb, caleb on, the pod. on the pod okay we're doing it <laughs> <laughs> okay that's actually so funny wait, we're gonna put some effort if into anyone that. i mean if any of these tiktok girls want to send us his number Sorry. i'm truly not trying to put anyone on blast when i say that i i'm not on anyone's side in this situation totally. um west elm caleb i will i will happily have you on the podcast but also anyone who helped dox him would love to have you on the podcast reach out to us reach but only if you're like you know gonna be interesting on any level yeah otherwise don't reach out (laughs) (laughs) we'll heavily edit it to make you sound interesting either way but yeah come on the pod Gorgeous, gorgeous girls mm-hmm. get played by West Elm Caleb. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous girls love to talk about it. On yeah, Best tell us your favorite year-long burning candle because I know that that's you all have West Elm Caleb. has the best ones. You all have West Elm Caleb in common, but I know you also all have that in common. I would love to talk to them about those candles. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. Him. <clears throat> listener mistake. Let's do a listener mistake. Listener mistakes. This is from a friend of the pod. When I was when I was in sixth grade, we had this thing where every week there would be a different student of the week, which consisted of being able to bring your pet in among other big fucking perks, like a poster board hung in the classroom with intrusive info about your life. Anyway, like any extremely closeted Christian kid who just wanted to be normal, I decided it was best to bring in my pet for my week, a desert tortoise named Saggy Bags that we had caught in our backyard and forced to stay. (laughs) Quick side note, we weren't allowed to have other pets, so this truly was living for us. So I packed up 
I packed Saggy up in a Rubbermaid tub and boarded the school bus for the 40-minute ride to school. Once I got there, my teacher was like, you can't let the tortoise roam the classroom. Get to know the students. I jumped at this... Oh, you can let the tortoise roam the classroom and get to know the students. I jumped at this brilliant idea and released my beloved beloved Saggy to the world. Well, I'll never know for sure, but I think the bus ride really fucked with her stomach. Within a few minutes, she was aggressively shitting all over the place. Like liquid turtle diarrhea and it really couldn't be stopped i was extremely embarrassed the kids were disgusted and had to clean it up and then make the long bus ride home with my sick saggy and my desert tortoise diarrhea shame safe to say that did not help me feel normal at all xoxo i was so worried that someone was gonna step same i thought it was gonna be killed i'm so glad that the tortoise lives in that story but I mean, yeah, we all tried to be normal and only further embarrass ourselves. Yeah. That's part of being queer. Yeah. That's what made us gay. It is what made us gay. <laughs> that, that is what fucking grabbed us by the neck and forced us to be gay is yes. our desperate attempts to fit in and it only backfired. Backfiring on us. so hard. Yeah. But, you know, now you're a listener of this podcast. So that's your reward for and putting up with that embarrassment. And you're our gay friend. <laughs> now you're our gay friend. <laughs> well, thank you for writing in. <laughs> now you're our gay friend who I publicly fucked at a party. <laughs> what? They're anonymous. <laughs> I can say that about this person. Uh, I love that that happened and I didn't know. I mean, I knew after the fact. But, yeah. Hot. Yeah. I was too busy crying in a tower. You're <laughs> <laughs> literally crying in a tower. With all the lights that off. Is the, those are the two genders. <laughs> being publicly fucked at a party or or crying in a tower during a party. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad those days are over. Um, the dog days are, are over. over. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. And so are the tortoise shitting all over the classroom days. Yeah. You know, we are the ones in control now. Your tortoise shit all over the classroom, and that's why you love fisting now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the shared trauma about fisting? Because oh, all God, of our I friends hate it. <laughs> it's like all they, of our friends this are is why truly I call obsessed with basic. fisting. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it is the like, thing that makes basic, me think I am vanilla. No, we're not it's vanilla. It's the, the thing. I, there's just no one's fist is ever going up my butt. Yeah, it's never. Gun to my head, I would say, pull the trigger. Here's the thing. I understand. I'm not yucking anybody's yum. I am. I I understand (laughs) the appeal of fisting um, as far as how it feels. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Because I'm sure it feels great if you're into it. For me, I'm just confused what everyone likes so much about um, how it looks. Stop. Like everyone like, who's into it is really into <gasps> fisting porn. Oh my God. <laughs> Stop. Marsha B. Johnson did not throw the first brick at Stonewall for this. Like every time fisting porn comes up on my timeline oh, on Twitter, no. I'm like, besties, I don't understand. I'm trying to jump out of my window. What you like about watching this. It's so gross. It's, <laughs> it's disgusting. It looks so heinous. Like, I fully believe it feels great. I, that I don't at all I'm doubt. I'm sure it feels great, but you know what else feels really great? A dick in my butt. I don't need your <laughs> fist up there. Just like. I cannot get a dick in, in my butt. Like, <laughs> I have, but it's so fucking painful. Do you want this edited out? Because it's so, <laughs> so funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> Elisa. I mean, same girly. I have, I, just, ha- I have, like, it's the exact. I've had a dick in my butt, and you both think it's painful. Oh, 
No, because I think it makes sense that it would be painful for people who don't have, have a, a prostate. prostate. That's the thing. Is I've it's never not our under, business. I've never understood. It's just simply not of our yeah, business. Like, because honestly, for me, it, for me, anal sex hurts until you hit my prostate. Like right. there, it's not like you know, it's like a burning sensation yeah. until you're in far well, enough. It feels that my, like a constipation shit. Yes, is how it. And feels. then when you hit the prostate, it's what I would assume hitting your vaginal G spot is like. Well, and also to be fair to the girlies, the girlies who don't have a prostate but yeah. enjoy anal, um, it is possible to like hit your G spot during anal, and yeah. apparently it feels completely different than when you hit it vaginally. So mm-hmm. that's why there are women who love to get fucked in the ass as well. Women with pussies with G-spots in them. All the different types of pussies there are. <laughs> and like, I am all about butt plugs during like vaginal sex. Like I'm not against anal play slash anal sex, I yeah. guess. It's just not, I'm not probably going to be the one to suggest it. Yeah. But if it happens, um, sure. And I've I've like had different like relationships, not necessarily capital R relationships, but ongoing sexual relationships with people who are like super into anal play. They've definitely opened my mind more to like that it is fun and feels good even if you don't have a prostate. Yeah. But I do think that like the fixation on anal stuff is mostly for people with prostates. Totally. I also will say that anal feels way different slash better when you do douche as someone who did douche for the first time recently. That I'm like more and more open to. It takes away all of, because you can just go, you know, it takes away all of the anxiety. About like shit. About shit. Yeah. No one wants to shit on a dick. Yeah. Even like, even if, it's totally cool. You don't want... Yeah. And you're kind of worried the whole time a little bit that it's going to happen. Yeah. So then you can really just let loose. <laughs> so to speak. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But not like fisting loose. No. No, I mean, my butthole is tight. <laughs> it's tight. And I want it to stay that way. I want it to feel... Like I'm a little virgin every time that I get fucked, you know. I like that for yeah. me and the person fucking me. Yeah, I like that we have to struggle a little bit to get their dick in, and then it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like that this person who wrote in a listener mistake about like a show and tell in like middle school. Um, just because we know them personally and we know they like fisting has inspired this entire conversation. I really hope they don't feel put on blast. No, they I want, love it too. <laughs> I want them to know that I love and respect their love. We were talking fisting. about fisting at the afters, so it's like great. Yeah. Great. Well, I just we you were just making throw up noises. No, I was making throw up noises. And I want to make sure that they know. No, they know how I feel about it. I think it's heinous. (laughs) I think it's on I think it's a heinous and unusual crime in the words of Law and Order. (laughs) I can't. It's so funny because literally everyone I have had an ongoing sexual relationship with in the last year has a fisting fetish. Yeah, I just all of them. I don't, but I don't really have any fetishes, to be honest. That's where I'm a little bit vanilla. My fetish is like, but like, my yeah, I, guess being, I don't really have fetishes fetish either. I do told, like fetish play. I like to play with other people's fetishes. I think that's fun yeah. and hot. My fetish is to be told that you love me during sex. Oh my god, not I'm, one of those. I'm very Shauna in um that scene in Yellow Jacket. Yeah, tell me you love me. You don't have to mean it. Yeah, I, I love think you, Shauna. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I used to think I had certain fetishes. Um, maybe if I'm comfortable enough with I like a person being again. That's my favorite, but that's not a fetish. I think it like it's like a kink kind of. Yeah. If if I could be filmed every time 
that I'm sucking someone's dick. Oh yeah, fucking. But like, fuck keep yeah. it on my phone because I like to watch. That's what I like to masturbate to. Same. As me, I love dicks. my videos of my own sexual escapades. Those yeah. are very hot to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly, when people like send me sexy videos of just themselves and I'm not in it, I'm like, could yeah. take or leave. My kink is putting my legs up on the wall after you come inside of me, so I can pretend like I'm getting myself pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have certain kinks here and there, but I don't think I'm a fetish person. I mean, I'm trying to get into a new fetish, so we'll see if that happens. Yeah. Same kind of. I just, every time, I don't know, maybe I'm just like not as sexually liberated as I think I am. I like keep being like, no, I'm, I'm like a fucking sexual empowered Person, Listen, I don't. We've had this discussion before. I don't know that everybody that we, you know, I don't know that everybody that pretends that they're that purports to be sexually liberated because they have so many fetishes and kinks are as sexually liberated as they think. I don't think that makes us not sexually liberated. Yeah, I think sometimes it's the opposite. Like you know what? Yes, because I like the fact that I can get off from just having sex. sex. I think is, is sexual, sexual liberation. liberation. <laughs> yeah, like I don't need to add too much spice to Same. it. It like does the trick. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I genuinely love playing into other people's fetishes for their sake. Like I enjoy fetish play. Yeah. I just don't know how many of them are actually Your for thing. me. Totally. Yeah. Um, I and agree. I have no hate for almost any fetish. There are a couple that I'm like, we could maybe see a therapist about that. <laughs> but for most of them, I'm like, yeah, fucking let's go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if fisting is ever going to be one of the fetishes that I. No. <laughs> it won't be. <laughs> for you. Fan for, for me, you. I think it might. I, I think I Anya, think I could. Anya. I think I could. I don't want our first fight to be. If I really love someone, I think I could I fist don't their butthole. Want... Okay, fine. As long as you're not the one getting fisted. Oh, no, no, no. I'm okay. not letting my butthole get fisted. Great, great, great. I will... Look at how small my hands are. These. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. need to fist somebody. <laughs> yeah, no. <sorry>. Um... <laughs> for, the, be, for them, for their, for their sake, I will fist them. Right. Nobody's fisting my butthole under any circumstances. My pussy has been it has been and it will again that it, that's why i know it probably feels good. i'll celebrate my put if i ever get my pussy dilated the way it needs to be i'll let someone put their fist in my pussy but yeah it's not going in my butt um, the reason i believe butthole fisters about how good it feels is because pussy fisting also like it feels great for sure i just i visually neither of those things appeal to me i never need to see a video of either of those mm, things Anyway, deep should we dive? talk about my deep dive? Yeah. Um, speaking of deep Yeah, speaking of diving deep in this butthole with my fist. Um, let's see. My mistake, deep dive mistake. I want to, I, like, I had a couple that I was like, oh, maybe I'll talk about this this week because I knew I was going to be doing a deep dive. But now that we've been talking so much about, like, sex and, like, fetish stuff, um, I want to talk about... A time that I went along with somebody's like kink that I honestly wasn't that on board with. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's all fine. It's all good in the hood. I absolutely don't have any like trauma around it or anything. But like I've always just sort of been like, mm, I should have just like laid down my own boundaries better in this situation. So um, and I I'm glad it happened because I kind of want to like write about it someday, like put it, put a scene of it in like a show that I write or something. But um, 
when I was kind of casually sugar babying, and when I say casually sugar babying, this is kind of another mistake I made is that I kind of got into sugar babying with people that I like already knew in other ways. And so I accepted probably less money and gifts than I would from just a random person that the entire arrangement is that I'm their sugar baby. Mm -hmm. So there's this person that I like already knew and he proposed that we enter like a sugaring situation with each other. Um, And because I already knew him and we were already kind of friends, I did the following for way less money than I should have. But one night he like took me out to dinner and took me back to his apartment. And like we'd already had sex a few times, um, both in our sugaring dynamic and also before it. And um, but now that like money had come into play, he was like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, ask for more specific things because this is not just like two people having sex anymore. I'm like low key paying you to have sex with me. So Mm -hmm. would you be down to do this, this and this? And like a lot of the things he asked for, I was like, yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. Like done deal. Um, Even if you like, like, you know, you could have. You should have felt more than comfortable asking me to do these things even when we were having sex for free, you know, like, yeah, very chill stuff, you know, um, along the lines of like light choking and like, Mm -hmm. honestly, pretty vanilla requests. And then he asked me um, to tell him that I loved him mm-hmm. a la Shauna mm-hmm. in yellow jackets or apparently you <laughs> have you asked someone no. to okay I'm just joking I don't that's not actually a kink of mine <laughs> I like to I like people to think that I'm a crazy girl but I'm not really <laughs> if someone told me no I told you and I've had someone tell me that they love me and it grossed me out here's the thing if he if we talked about it before having sex if it was like outlined in the parameters like of us discussing our boundaries and our interests for this arrangement we were entering. Yeah. Totally different story. Like if I knew before actively having him inside of me that that was something he wanted, I think I would have been like, you know, more prepared to like bring it up more organically, really sell it in a way that like, I don't know, like in the way that you do when you're doing like role play or kink stuff with somebody you like usually know what you're doing beforehand. And that way everyone is like emotionally prepared for what is in store. But he like sprung it on me when we were already having sex. And I felt kind of uncomfortable asking any follow-up questions about like the boundaries of that request. I felt kind of uncomfortable saying no, because we were already having sex. And I was just kind of like, okay, um, and I knew, like, I know him, and I knew that it was probably not going to be, like, weird afterwards, and it wasn't, to be clear. But the second I did it, the second I, like, looked at him and, like, told him I loved him while we were fucking, there's just, like, a pit in my stomach that that was the wrong thing to do. Mm. That, like, as, like, a person who, like, cares a lot about, like, boundaries and consent and, like, parameters, I should have known better than to, like possibly now put myself in a situation which thankfully it did not turn into but a situation where the emotional boundaries of this arrangement we were in were like completely muddied 
and like could possibly even turn into a dangerous situation for me Mm -hmm. because if he wasn't an emotionally well-adjusted person who like knew what knew what he was asking which once again I like want to be so clear he like never made it a thing and like never tried to like take that instance out of that time we had sex and like apply it to our relationship outside of it. But there are plenty of psychos that would be like, Oh, this person, like we love each other now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that is just like a mistake I made that luckily never amounted to any actual consequences. It's kind of a twofer. It's a two mistakes in one situation. I honestly did not get enough money for like, a situation that ended up escalating to a place where I'm like, I would only do this because I'm only doing this because I'm getting paid is yeah. how I felt about telling him I loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, should have been paid a lot more for that. Yeah. Also should not have agreed to do it while having sex and not like discussing all of the things that it meant yeah. beforehand. For sure. Um, and I'm like grateful that it happened because it was also just like, just like it was, I just was so wildly uncomfortable doing it. And I'm not somebody who's very easily uncomfortable during sex, like pretty down for a lot of like freak shit. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was like actively funny. Even in the moment, I was like, LOL, Anya, the thing that make, made you uncomfortable, like after all these years of having sex, the thing that actually made you uncomfortable is um, just like a kind of timid request to be told that he is loved by you (laughs) like that is the when you're like oh this person is a little too kinky for me that is where i (laughs) where i drew the line but also kind of it's a very boundaryless um thing to want from somebody who you are not romantically involved in imo but i understand i understand it is like hot to be told you're loved i have not been told um, that I'm loved during sex in like four years now because that's the last time I was in a relationship and I understand missing it. Mm. I just probably would never, no, I just would never ask of it, ask it of somebody who doesn't actually love me. Part of what's hot about it is that they actually love you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least for me, but All right. that's my deep dive. Well, much like you both being, um, sloppy in a way with your boundaries or lack thereof. This, too, relates to our mistake this week, which was the accidental discovery of the today's miracle drug that we don't even really think about how much of a miracle it is, penicillin, which was discovered by the Scottish doctor, pharmacologist, and microbiologist, Alexander Fleming. Uh, Best mistake. So a bit about him, he was known as being an unrepossessing person in the medical field um, who had a decades-long career. But prior to 1928, there wasn't much in the medical world that indicated that he would be the person who would revolutionize medicine and go on to save millions of lives worldwide. Um, Until 1928, Alexander Fleming's greatest career accomplishment had to do with his research on enzymes. But in 1928, Fleming would discover penicillin, the antibiotic that would revolutionize medical care. As a result, untold millions of lives were saved in the decades since from fatal bacterial infections. 
And it happened, as I said, by accident. So a little bit about his backstory. His life was marked by lucky breaks and twists of fate. He was born in Scotland um, in... Born in Scotland in 1881. Um, he moved to London um, in his youth, where he graduated high school before getting a job in a shipping office. Um, that may have become his career, but an uncle died four years later, which resulted in Fleming being left an inheritance by his uncle, which then allowed him to go to medical school. So that first kind of lucky break. He initially intended to become a surgeon. But while serving in a reserve regiment, he became recognized as a great marksman. To become a surgeon, he would have had to leave his medical school and move away, which would have meant leaving his unit. And his commanding officer didn't want to lose what he saw as his promising reservist. So he introduced Fleming to a prominent researcher and immunologist who convinced Fleming to become a researcher instead of a surgeon. So flash forward to World War One. Fleming is serving in the Army Medical Corps, where he observed the deaths of many soldiers from uncontrollable infections. At this time, antiseptics were used to fight infections, but they often did more harm than they did good. So this led to Fleming conducting research, which showed him that antiseptics did nothing, actually, to stop the pro- proliferation of anaerobic bacteria in deep wounds. Um, but this was initially rejected by the medical industry, and Fleming decided that he was still going to plug on with this research, regardless of whether or not anyone believed that it was true. Classic medical industry not believing things are true. Yes. So now we get to the good stuff, um, which is, it's now 1922, and Fleming is infected with a cold. So he decides that he is going to transfer some of his snot to a Petri dish, um, and known as a slob, He then put it on his cluttered desk where the Petri dish with the snot was forgotten about for a couple of weeks. Now, when he finally remembered and examined the Petri dish, the Petri dish was full of bacterial colonies. However, the microscope that he used revealed that one area of snot was free of bacteria. Further examination by Fleming revealed that it was due to the presence of an enzyme, which he called lysozyme, which had antimicrobial properties. And that is what begins to lay the groundwork for his discovery of penicillin. So a few years later in 1928, Fleming, still a famous laboratory slob, left an uncovered Petri dish next to an open window where it became contaminated with fungus spores. When he checked it under the microscope, Fleming discovered that the bacteria near the fungus were dying. He then managed to isolate the fungus and discovered that it was effective against numerous pathogens that caused diseases such as pneumonia, meningitis, diphtheria, scarlet fever, gonorrhea, and many more. Thus, penicillin was discovered. And as Fleming put it, I did not discover penicillin. Nature did that. I only discovered it by accident. Now, the like fucked up part about penicillin being discovered, because obviously it's this revolutionary mm-hmm. antibiotic. It's discovered. I just named all the diseases that it can cure at this point. People were getting scarlet fever from literally just getting strep throat. Um, My great uncle Buster died when he was, I think, six years old um, in the very early 1940s because he got scarlet fever and like died within a few weeks. And, you know, if people like him had had penicillin, they literally would have survived. And the reason that these people did not have access to penicillin is because the medical industry decided that penicillin was great, but that they didn't want to send it out to everyone. And so they began mass producing it, but 
only using it in clinical trials. And then once they realized that it was able to be used on people, they only started using it for allied armed forces uh, in the 1940s. And so by D-Day in 1944, enough penicillin had been produced to treat all of the wounded of only the allied troops. Um, And there also was antibiotic resistance that was discovered by Fleming, which was another reason that he was cautious about it being mass produced and having like the average Joe be able to buy it at a drugstore. Um, Fleming went on to discover very early that bacteria developed antibiotic resistance whenever too little penicillin was used or when it was used for too short a period. Um, another scientist, Almroth Wright, had predicted antibiotic resistance even before it was noticed during experiments. And Fleming cautioned about the use of penicillin in as many speeches around the world. Um, in June of 1945, he made the following cautionary statement, saying, The microbes are educated to resist penicillin, and a host of penicillin-fast organisms is bred out. In such cases, the thoughtless person playing with penicillin is morally responsible for the death of the man who finally succumbs to infection with the penicillin-resistant organism. I hope this evil can be averted. He went on to caution not to use penicillin unless there was a properly diagnosed reason for it to be used, and that if it were used, never to use too little or again for too short a period, since these are the circumstances under which bacterial resistance to antibiotics develops. Mm. It had been experimentally shown in 1942 that it, S, that a um, uh, an antibiotic called S. aureus could develop penicillin resistance under prolonged exposure. On elaborating the penicillin resistance in clinical conditions in his noble lecture, Fleming said, the time may come when penicillin can be bought by anyone in the shops. But then there is the danger that the ignorant man may easily underdose himself and by exposing his microbes to non-lethal quantities of the drug, make them resistance. And then it was around this time in the 1940s that the first case of the first clinical case of penicillin resistance was actually reported. Um, they went on in the 50s to start using penicillin on normal people, um, you know, on the average Joe to cure things such as scarlet fever, pneumonia, etc., diphtheria. Um, but one of the resounding controversies around penicillin in Fleming's eyes was that he learned in 1944, because at this time the UK and the United States at the end of World War II decided to band together to mass produce um, mass produce penicillin, but it was being done, it was you know being led mostly by the United States, tale as old as time. And when Fleming discovered penicillin, it was unpatented and he didn't want it to be patented. He thought that, you know, it, uh, he said that I found penicillin and I've given it free for the benefit of humanity. But two American doctors, Robert Coghill and, and Andrew Moyer, then went on to patent the method of penicillin production in the United States in 1944, which made Fleming furious, who said, why should it become a profit-making monopoly of manufacturers in another country? Mm. Um, but alas, it was patented by the U.S. Um, Fleming to this day is considered to be a revolutionary for the discovery of penicillin, changing the world of modern medicine. Um, and penicillin has saved and is still saving millions of people around the world. He went on to win multiple prizes for this mistake that led to this kind of medical revolution, including the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 1945, um, the Order of the Phoenix, 
Brooks Legion of Honor Award, was highly, highly decorated, um, and then died in 1955. Of super gonorrhea. Of super gonorrhea. (laughs) And that is the tale of penicillin. Damn. Yeah. Moral of the story. Moral of the story. I mean, of which part, which mistake, you know, the mistake of finding it or the mistake of it not being like, or it like lending itself to mutating the things that it's supposed to kill, you know? Yeah. A few different options there. There are. Um, I mean, the moral of the story is it's so important to be a slob. And it really is. <laughs> it's messy, messy we are, girls. We are a vital world. part of society. Reminds me of when my sister Allie left a cup of orange juice in her room for a month. Mold um, grew on it. And when our mom found it and said, what the fuck is this, you fucking slob? Allie said, I was doing a science experiment. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, that's a valid thing. You know, much like Fleming, our sister Allie was trying to revolutionize the medical industry as a (laughs) messy, messy girl. (laughs) Messy, messy girls cure diseases. Messy Um, girls save the world. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, moral of the story is that, um, it's important to not take antibiotics for literally everything that you possibly could take them for. I've always been somebody who errs on the side of, can I maybe not take antibiotics for this? Yeah, same. But on the flip side, that's also how your heart infection happens. Yeah, I know. So (laughs) let's maybe like take some antibiotics sometimes. For sure. Um, Another moral of the story is don't let the United States ever get their grubby, grubby hands on anything. On fucking anything. (laughs) Because they will patent it and absolutely make the most money possible off of it. Yeah, I have, I have more than once um, gotten antibiotics from my friend who's a doc, whose uncle is a doctor in Mexico and he just sends her a bunch of antibiotics mm-hmm. to like give to her friends when they have UTIs so that we don't have to if like cuz I once paid like $600 for antibiotics oh from gosh. for a UTI and I am not somebody who can let a UTI just run its course I have to take antibiotics for it or else it will turn into a kidney infection I've learned the hard way Jesus. but for the for gorgeous gorgeous girls who can just drink cranberry juice, um, don't take it for granted, besties. That is not what UTIs are for all of us. Okay, <laughs> I can't even imagine ever just trying to drink cranberry juice through a UTI again. No. Also, before I get because I forgot last time I did a mistake. My sources are an article on HistoryCollection.com called "The Ten Major Historical Mistakes That Changed the World Forever" by Khalid Elahassan, and Wikipedia.com about Alexander Fleming. We love a wikipedia.com. We do love wikipedia.com. Isn't it .org? Yeah, whatever. It would be so funny if we like, we just credited like a different website. <laughs> it's like about it's like all like wikipedia.org. <laughs> wikipedia.com is probably a fisting website. Ew. <laughs> Disgusting. I'm running for Dot fucking nothing but net. I'm running for president and making it illegal to fist. <laughs> Just kidding. That's so not funny. Just because of the history of anal sex literally being um, met with carceral punishment. Yeah. Gorgeous, so. gorgeous girls make unfunny jokes about <laughs> the sodomy. Of, yeah, sodomy laws. <laughs> <laughs> well, gorgeous, maybe, gorgeous maybe girls are homophobic. Yes. Not me, though. I'm not homophobic. I love fags. <laughs> 
Famously, I sleep with them. Yeah, same. What? I I can't be homophobic. I have sex with homosexuals. It's like, okay, that's still... You could still be actively I be homophobic. homophobic. I used to be a homo. Yeah. Phobe. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of homophobia, we have to go, go hang, out hang out with our gay friend. <laughs> um, but on that note, leave us a review. Yeah, leave at us. At Best Mistakes Pod. Leave us a review. Oh, leave wait, us not... A- at best mistakes pod no leave us a review on Spotify, on, uh, uh, apple apple yeah where that's, you leave, just wherever you leave the reviews leave them yeah i think you can also leave them on like google podcast yeah, or something but write us your mistakes at best mistakes best pod mistakes at pod at gmail.com um send us your mistakes subscribe to our patreon we are once again running low on mistakes and last time we told you all that they came in hot hot and heavy so would love to get some more mistakes from y'all also some of you we know in real life and you will you literally say to our faces yeah that, that you have a mistake that you want to write in and then you and then you don't do it pathological lying piece of shit <laughs> so um <laughs> you know who you i don't know who you are but you know who you, you are. know who you are no we've already forgotten anymore. who you are but we know who you are ketamine makes you lose your memory which makes so much sense so I don't remember who these people are. <laughs> what do you mean? Apparently, you said that like that. that's a new fact. I didn't. For me, it is. I didn't know that. I what? wouldn't have been doing so much if I knew that it affected your short-term memory. Like just in general, or just when you're doing it? No, like in general. I know that makes you lose your memory while you're doing it. I don't know that it like fucks with your long-term memory. Mm, whatever i don't need to remember things life is hard enough what do i gotta <laughs> remember it to i mean i agree i have my instagram stories to remember things <laughs> um i take little videos so i can remember shit just little tiny videos of our lives and yeah. that's um good enough for me um and yeah we uh is there anything else oh patreon patreon.com okay patreon.com slash best or slash not dash okay we're just starting from the top (laughs) patreon.com slash best mistakes pod best mistakes pod um and on that note test your holes test your drugs and kiss your friends kiss your friends on on the the mouth. mouth we love you